If you are an astute follower of the Revised Common Lectionary, you will no doubt have recognized that the texts read this evening are not the assigned lectionary texts from this past Sunday. In fact, you may indeed remember hearing the story of Bartimaeus' encounter with Jesus a few Sundays ago, and may have even heard a sermon or two about it. But today is a different day. Thanksgiving is just two short days away, and I believe it will be worth our time to take another look at the story of Bartimaeus. A blind man regaining his sight, the text almost compels a second look. I can only imagine what that day must have been like for Bartimaeus. It likely started out like any other day. He had taken up what I suspect was his usual spot along the roadside outside of Jericho in order to engage in what I suspect was his daily pursuit. He was a blind beggar, the text tells us. Though that really doesn't tell us very much, does it? It doesn't tell us if he has any family. It doesn't tell us how long he has been within, without his sight or how he lost it. It doesn't tell us if he ever takes a moment to give thanks for what he does have. It doesn't tell us if he spends some of every day wondering how his life would be different if he could see again. Bartimaeus had no way of knowing that today was the day he was going to regain his sight. Can you imagine waking up one day thinking, today is the day I'm going to see again. Today is the day I'm going to see things differently. I suspect he wasn't overly surprised that there was a crowd passing by, but when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he immediately exclaimed, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David? Son of a king? This is the first time in Mark's gospel that anybody has called Jesus that, a messianic title. Nobody would have seen that coming, except for blind Bartimaeus. I wonder what Jesus was thinking when, after calling him over, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Was Jesus tired and weary when he asked? Was he expecting to be disappointed? Was he thinking about the last time he asked this question? For Jesus had asked the same exact question of his disciples, James and John, just a few pages back in our story. While Jesus and the disciples were on the road to Jerusalem, James and John had come forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And their reply, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus had to again explain how the one who wishes to be great must be the one who serves. James and John could not see who Jesus really was, what kind of Messiah he was to be. He was to bring mercy, not judgment. 
Son of David, have mercy on me, shouted Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, who had been with Jesus a couple of minutes, could see who Jesus really was better than the disciples who had been with him a couple of years. When I reflect on the story of Bartimaeus, I think about what the rest of the day and all the days that followed must have been like after regaining his sight. The text tells us that he followed Jesus on the way. He is the first person in Mark's gospel to do that after being healed, to follow Jesus. Hard to believe, isn't it? I didn't believe it when I read it in a commentary, but it's true. Check it out. Jesus often sends them home, but not Bartimaeus. He had to be seeing things so differently now, not only because of his regained physical sight, but because of who he was now following. He was no doubt seeing things as if seeing them for the first time. He was looking at the world through the sight that Jesus gave him. We are called to do very much the same. When we decide to follow Jesus, and this is a decision we don't just make once, we make it again and again each and every day. We each have the opportunity, the ability, and even the responsibility to see things as if seeing them again for the first time. We cannot get complacent or discouraged. We must be ready and willing to be challenged by the new sight Jesus gives us, to see the world not only as it is, but as God intends for it to be. I was driving down the road the other day where they had recently done some paving. There were no lane markers. Let me tell you, I saw my fellow drivers in a new light. Without those lane markers, I had to see the road differently. I couldn't assume everyone else on the road knew the way the road was set up. There was nothing telling them that at the intersection, it was the right lane that went straight and not the left lane. Shoot, there was nothing explicitly telling them there was even supposed to be two lanes there unless they took the time to really look and see the slight widening and the lines in the asphalt indicating two sets of sensors, one per lane. I'm quite sure that each of us in this room has had something or someone in our lives that we didn't really fully appreciate until it was gone and more consequential than lane markers, to be sure. Or perhaps we had a renewed appreciation for something as it began to fade away, or someone we knew was about to leave. At least around Thanksgiving, we find ourselves more attuned to that which we should be grateful for. Yet even with these lessons from our past, even with a focus on gratitude and thanksgiving for a season, even now there are things and people that we encounter every day that we fail to fully see anymore, precisely because we see them so often. Thus, we all have plenty of opportunities to see things as if seeing them for the first time, to appreciate them anew, to recognize the gift from God they are to us, and to take the time to tell them so. 
Back in October, I was down at the beach with my husband's family on vacation. It was the first, maybe the second night, and I had gone to bed at not a completely unreasonable time, but certainly not early. Yet I woke up that morning without an alarm. I mean, who sets an alarm on vacation? But I looked out the window and saw that it was still dark out, meaning it was very much, much too early to be awake while on vacation. As I lay in bed, I knew it was one of those situations where I was not going to fall back asleep again, at least not in any real way. So my options were to just stay in bed and be annoyed at my inability to fall back asleep or get up. I chose to get up. I headed upstairs to the kitchen to make myself a cup of tea. The house we were renting was right on the ocean, and I got to the top floor. I glanced out the windows that faced east, and I could see just the faintest bits of light beginning to make their way into the clouds. I decided that since I was up, I should watch the sunrise. It had been a long time since I had watched a sunrise. I really couldn't remember how long such things take. I did remember that all the pretty colors show up well before the sun appears over the horizon. I made my cup of tea, headed outside, and took a seat by the deck railing and peered out over the dark ocean in the direction of the faint light. At one point, I wondered what time it was. I had glanced at the clock when I awoke. It was a little past six. But I had brought nothing outside with me to check the time with. I also wondered what time sunrise was to happen. And I contemplated going back inside to grab my iPad, which could answer both of those questions for me. It could also take pictures of the moment as well. But I skewed the impulse to have to know the answers and decided to simply let the moment come whenever it was going to come. Because my knowing or not knowing wasn't going to change its arrival. And though I didn't know it then, it was its arrival that was going to change me. I waited and watched as the flat, dark expanse to my left began to take on texture and color as the solid black gave way to varying shades of gray and blue to create clouds. The sky in front began to come alive with reds and pinks and yellows and oranges. The seagrass waved in the gentle breeze. I did a lot of deep thinking. It was a little cooler out there than I had prepared for, being the beach in October. I didn't leave the bedroom thinking I'd be sitting still for an hour outside. I pulled my arms inside my shirt as I didn't want to miss any part of this moment now by running inside to grab a covering. At one point, the light behind the clouds was so bright, I became convinced that the sun had already risen, that what I thought was sky at the horizon was actually a bank of clouds, and the sun had come up behind them. But just as I was about to grab my mug and head inside, a bright silver sliver of light appeared on the horizon. It did not take very long at all, a surprisingly short amount of time, actually, for that sliver to grow into a semicircle and then into a full circle. It seemed to hover there for an extra moment, gently kissing the ocean before it continued on its way into the morning sky. 
and I began to weep at the beauty of it all. It was as if I had never seen a sunrise before in my life. And in a certain way, I don't know that I ever really had. Most sunrises I've experienced, I've experienced while doing something else, often sleeping. But even when awake and intentional, that something else was watching the sunrise with another person. I had never been so fully and singularly present to a sunrise before as I was that morning. I saw it as if for the very first time. I saw it with new sight. In order to be able to see something again as if for the first time, we need to be willing to be fully present to it. We need to have the same attitude towards the experience as Jesus who even though he was God, humbled himself. We need to believe there is still something for us to learn, something for us to see that we hadn't noticed before. We need to let God direct our sight to see the things that matter. When we get to a certain stage of life, a certain stage in a career, It can be pretty easy to adopt the attitude of having seen it all. History repeats itself, or so the saying goes. The writer of Ecclesiastes says as much, what has been will be again, what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Now, there is wisdom that comes with experience, with having been there, done that, and this wisdom through experience is not to be discounted. In fact, such wisdom can help us understand that, in fact, we haven't really seen it all. Because the more we see, the more we come to realize how much more there is to see. The more we learn, the more we realize how much there is left to learn. Our responsibility then, in part, is to model what it looks like to see things anew, to help convince others that they don't have to see things in the same tired way they've always seen them that God is opening up new possibilities with every new day. The writer of Lamentations pens these words, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning, we are given the opportunity to see as we haven't seen before. Every morning, we have the ability to be fully present to the day, to experience what it brings through the new light of Christ. Every morning, we have the responsibility to model for others what seeing with new sight from Jesus can mean. We have been given a gift The gift to see the world the way Jesus sees it, with compassion, aware of the world's brokenness, as well as its great potential, and to work toward fulfilling that potential. We mustn't let this gift go to waste. We must be ever thankful for it, not only during the season of Thanksgiving, but all our days. For the gift of new sight is something we cannot take for granted. For it is with new sight that we can begin to see how we are to fashion this broken world 
into the beloved community, the new world to come. Let us pray. O God, help us to see you in the faces of all people, for we are all your beloved children made in the image of God. Remind us of our connection to all of your children as members of your universal family. Help us to see with the eyes of Christ and so fill us with your love and compassion so that we might act as your hands, feet, and voices in the world. Make your presence seen and known and felt in all places so that your kingdom might grow to the ends of the earth. Amen.